apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Annie Mac Home Mortgage, Equal Housing Lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Annie Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Anderson looking in, off for a pass, he's looking for King, intercepted, he's going to go down the right side, Lawrence down to the 20, 30, down to the 40, he might go all the way. Third down and seven, good jump off the line by Strahan, who gets the sack. Pressure from Thomas off the edge, Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Four-man rush. Eli throwing into traffic on the sideline. They're going to ruin a catch by Manning. Welcome to Jawing About the G-Men, a CMG Sports Podcast. I'm Joe McGuire along with King Zay. The New York football giant's going to be suiting them up this coming Thursday at Foxborough State. In New England against the Patriots. And I, I'm sure you're excited that football is back. I think everybody's excited for it. What expectations do you have for the Giants in the preseason? The thinking about obviously a year ago, Zay, when they didn't play anybody at all in these games, and it showed the first few weeks of the season. Yeah, um, I think I even mentioned last year during the preseason how important it was how Joe Judge handled the preseason, how it would affect the season going forward, and we see how that went. It was a complete and utter disaster. Uh, the Giants couldn't have looked any worse, and it translated right into the regular season, and we know what we got from it, another miserable four-win season that we put out there. So I'm hoping that Thursday gives us a sign of hope. Um, I have very low expectations. Obviously, this isn't a team that we're expecting to win 10 games because this is a new coaching staff, a complete new GM, new regime, new players everywhere. Uh, you bring in these high, you know, draft pick rookies who, you know, who we're hoping is going to translate to instant, you know, instant production on the field. But Everything's a guess with this team. Obviously, we expected that with other players that never, you know, turned into anything. So I don't have any expectations. I'm just hoping to see something, something, something that looks like football. You know, we haven't seen the Giants play anything that looks like football in a while, especially with the last few games of the season last year where they were running quarterback sneaks on third and longs. So I'm hoping to go out there and see a team that actually knows how to play football, can manage a drive. I'm not asking yeah. for them to go out there and score five touchdowns. I'm asking to put together a drive that looks like something promising. That's what I'm hoping for. This team definitely needs to reduce the the three and outs and and or or four and outs. Even you know, uh, I think that's been their biggest problem. Is, is this team doesn't know how to move the football? I was sort of encouraged to hear, and I don't know if you've seen this. 
but Kadarius Tony's been taking snaps at quarterback out of the Wildcat. With Wayndale Robinson and Saquon flanked to his right and left. This is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Like the everybody else in the NFL, week in and week out, you see most teams run three, four, five, ten different trick plays. Not the Giants. Maybe you see one fake reverse once a year, and you're like, oh right, wow. I think this team needs an offense that is concurrent with the year that we're living in yeah and they've got the talent and they've got the guys that can do it now it's a matter of it seemed over the course of the first few days of practice daniel jones was not playing particularly well Uh, uh, he's got it's gotten better i think he was five of his first 12 he's 15 for 26 in in practice it's critics again but because i heard that he went 14 for 21 and they said he did terrible and again, fourteen for twenty-one in you know, a simulated situation—that's not really terrible. Again, it's about how you look at it. I've seen a ton of highlights on you know from Twitter, from Facebook, from the Giants social programs. We've seen a lot of big plays. We saw him connecting on long plays with Galladay. We've seen him connecting with Kadarius Tony, who can create separation apparently with anybody. This guy has been freaking amazing all practice, all training camp. So again. That's why I kind of want to see what they go out and look like against another team. I don't want to judge them based on practice. From what we're hearing, Dable was putting them in third and long situations, and he was trying to force Daniel Jones to make decisions. So that's why a lot of it looks sloppy. So for us on the outside looking in, that looks different. But when you know what's going on inside the practice, it's completely a whole nother game. So I'm hoping that that was the case, that he's trying to force him to make better decisions and you know, trying to force him to get rid of some of the errors that he's been, you know, accustomed to in the past. And I hope that's really was the case. And again, only we will we'll find out Thursday. I'm expecting to see starters from the snap from the get go of this game. Yeah, I, I listen to me. They they best all be in there for the first quarter. Yeah, there, there's no reason why they shouldn't play the first quarter and then turn it over to second team in the second quarter, and then you go scrubs after the half. I'm I'd fine with that. Them, I'd actually want to see them go second quarter. You're talking about I'd, again, like, to see, I'd like to see that too. I'm gonna I'm gonna say if they can get out there and they can have put it like this, say if they come out and, and it's two disastrous drives, I'll make them play the whole game. Oh, yes, yes. If they, you know they, come mean, there, um, if they light it up, I mean, that's different. They go out there, they score right. a touchdown in the first two come drives. Out, okay, come this- out, show some confidence. You guys can sit down and join the rest of the night. That's how I would even play it. I'd be like, you want to play one quarter or two? Show me what you got in the first, and we don't need a second. By the way, there's been a, a spat in the last couple of days of uh, some important injuries, and specifically to the tackle position. Uh, Matt Gano, who the Giants uh, had signed, uh, he missed all of the 2021 season, but he had been with the Atlanta Falcons, uh, had a neck injury, which caused him to miss part of uh, the 2021 season, uh, injured the neck in practice. Not only is he out, his career is likely over. And more bad news, uh, Marcus McCathan, uh, who was the fifth round pick out of Carolina, a guy everybody was super excited about. Uh, after Gano got hurt, he had been playing guard. They were like, Hey, you're gonna be the the backup tackle at both. Now he's out for the season with a a uh, season ending knee injury. Yeah. So Seen a little bit of that. Kadarius Tony, uh, not Kadarius Tony, uh, Adore Jackson, rather, yesterday uh, cramped up after a, a long drive by the offense, which I like that. The offense was on the field for so long, the defense started cramping up. That makes me feel good. Is that a good uh, sign for the offense or is that a good, bad sign for the defense? <laughs> I, want to, I want to assume it's a good sign for the offense, but right, who knows? Uh, the Giants did add offensive tackle Will Holden, um, who immediately upon arriving at camp was already playing back up right tackle. Uh, so there is some, some depth issues there for the giants, but otherwise I'm liking a lot of what I'm seeing out of camp. I'm still here. And, and, and I know you, you want us to all sort of manage the expectations of Kayvon Thibodeau, but he's really been a handful uh, and has been impressing his teammates. And again, I realize this is just practice here, but 
Uh, this guy's got a motor and a lot of talent. And I don't know, Zay. I feel like this the best thing that could have happened to Kayvon Thibodeau was coming to New York. I'll say this. Everyone plays great when the record is 0-0 and when you have a winning record. I want to see how he performs when the team is down, when the team has a losing record. That's how I want to see how he performs. Where's the leadership there? How's the motor there? When the Giants are, you know, getting blown out in the game, is he still playing to the end of, or is he just slacking off because the Giants are losing by a couple of touchdowns? That's what I want to see. Honestly, we, that's what I say. I can't judge a player until I see him play. Again, he could be as great as he wants to be in college. College is college. This is the NFL. This is the cream of the crop. Not everyone makes it here. It, it's, you really have to be talented to make it here. And I honestly feel like I want to see what he does when things are tough. Everyone plays good when it's, things are going great, when things are going well. Everything is good. We love Saquon Barkley that year. You know, he was a, the Giants were 11-5, and five and he was playing great. We loved Saquon Barkley. But then when the years were rough, you know, we maybe he's a bust. Maybe we should trade him, you know. I want to see how you perform when you're down and out. That's what I want to see. I've I listen, you know I love Saquon Barkley and and I'm a I'm a firm defender of both him and Daniel Jones still at this point. I don't love some of the things Saquon Barkley has been saying of late. All that like if you're not with me now, you know, when when I break through and and uh try to block all the noise and it's like Dude, this guy needs to understand one thing. Get on the field and perform, and everything will be fine. It's, it's as easy as that, but for, for him to somehow misinterpret this as like the fans aren't being supportive of him, it's like, Saquon, you do realize we're at the point where there's people saying you're a bust. It's on you to disprove it. it. It's not the fans' fault. It's not our fault that he doesn't play enough games and that when he's been in there, you really uh, you didn't didn't see a lot of the explosiveness, and that was definitely cause for concern. Do you think Saquon's head is on right at this point, or is he, because it seems like he's given a lot of credence to the criticism, is it in his head? It's definitely in his head. It has to be. Um, <clears throat> you're talking about a guy who's had, two injury-prone seasons back-to-back, just not what he was coming out of college, who he is. You know, he has an ego, just like every other player in this league. His ego has been affected by his past two results the last few seasons. And, and that's what I kind of explain to people about Eli Manning, which makes him so great. The man was basically a blank head. He, like, they could t- they was kicking him to the curb. He was an adopted child. He probably could have got the worst criticism you could get in New York sports for what he did in the first few years for the Giants. But he found a way to block it out and go out there and win a championship. He never talked back to the media. He never said, watch what I'm going to do when I get there. He just went out there and performed. When everyone thought he couldn't, he went out there and did it. That's what I need to see from Saquon. I don't want to hear what you're going to do when you're going to do it. You've been saying that for two years now. I want to see you perform. I want to see you go out there and do it. That's a result. (laughs) Results driven league. Again, a quality that Eli Manning had that was just so underrated was his ability to block out the noise. It it, it really was because each time right before a championship, we were ready to kick him to the curb. The back page, the newspapers destroyed him as much as they could. And again, to have a brother as successful as he does in the league, that's, you know, he had that's a lot to deal with. That's a lot of expectations to live up to. Your father also played in the league. And to be able to block all that out and still get it done in this state, it's hard. You look around Incredible. sports, players, you see it in all sports, they can't do it. It's it's very hard. There are very few that can do it. You're talking about your Mariano Rivera, your Derek Jeters. There are very few people who can be great in this state. Nobody from the Mets? You know, Mike Piazza, Carlos Beltran, except for when, you know, we're not gonna get into that but you know what there have been players over the time over years who have done it but it's a very very hard state to live in and play in because of the noise just think about it the yankees just traded away a player um what was his name jordan Uh, montgomery no the the the, the one that couldn't hit oh gallo Gallo, Gallo. joey gallo again and he mentioned he couldn't stand playing in new york it's difficult to play in new york the, the fans hate you, the crowd hates you, the reporters hate you. 
and you can't get away from it. He said he didn't even go out at night because he couldn't get away from it. It's yeah. difficult to play here. And again, to do what Eli Manning did, because I don't want to divert from football, it, it was amazing to be able to put all that to the side. And, and Tom Coughlin, too. Another, You have to be gritty to play here. That's what we need from you, Saquon. We don't need talking. We need gritty play. Can I can I give you my Matt? How about David Wright, a guy whose teams really didn't see a ton of success, but Wright played well, played up. hard, showed up. Right, you you you've got you've got to be able to do that. Listen, you know, I I grew up uh, the '70s into the '80s Giants. I mean, they were awful. Um, they were awful, and the turnover on that roster was a lot. Uh, guys didn't didn't tend to stick around. The few that did. Uh, where people like Harry Carson and George Martin, who would play a pivotal role when you got to 86. But again, it was so much quit on the Giants uh, in, in the late 70s and early 80s. And and those two guys were able to sort of rise above. And when the talent started showing up, and then obviously LT did too, uh, it was all over from there. But uh, let me ask you this. I think we sort of hit on this, but overall we kind of talked about the offense what would you need to see from the giants here in the preseason again i don't care what the record is i know you don't either what do you want to see in the preseason what what would give you faith going into this season that this is not going to be another four win debacle i i want to see a team i want to see a functional team if that's the best way to put it i want to see a team that goes out there and players look like they know where they're supposed to be and doing what they're supposed to be doing. I'm not necessarily worried about the results yet. I'm worried about you being where you're supposed to be. If they're, you know, if Daniel Jones gets sacked, okay. But you were there where you needed to be, you know, you stepped up, you picked up your block at running back. It wasn't your fault. I want to see that. You know what I'm saying? If Daniel Jones gets sacked for holding the ball too long, that's on him. But I want to see a team that knows how to play football. That's what I want to see. We haven't for a couple years seen a team that knows how to play football. We've seen teams that get penalties every drive, it seems like, killing them. Games they could have come back and won, but penalties killing them. I want to see a disciplined team that knows how to play functional football. That's what I want to see. I'm not necessarily worried about the results week one in the preseason. Obviously, as we go through the preseason, I want to see you know some more competitiveness. But right now, I just want to see that you guys know what you're doing. You understand the playbook. You get what the coaches are you know, putting out there, you're, you're taking it in because I'm hearing a lot from the players that they like the coaches. They like, you know, they're buying into the system. Now I want to see that buy-in. I don't want to hear it. I want to see the buy-in enough of the talking that there's too much talking going on with this team. I think we need to see them play and just do it because again, I still feel they're in a winnable division. A oh, very winnable division. If you could play functional football, you have talent everywhere. We've seen this. We, we've seen the talent. My feelings about the Joe Judge era, and I was, especially leading up to him actually getting fired, um, I talked about the discipline, and I talked about the, uh, the, the propensity to make penalties at terrible moments in games. For me, that was the reason Joe Judge couldn't come back. Because, again, young team, there, there's a lot going on. It's unfortunate, obviously. Look, Daniel Jones has to learn a whole other offense. This will be the third different offense he's had to learn uh, since he's been the Giants quarterback. And that is asking a lot, especially of a guy who didn't really seem to master the first two playbooks he had. So now here's a third offense that they're throwing at this guy. Let's see what happens. But it's like you, listen, Here's I need to see this team be able to move the football. This isn't 1985. There's, I mean, really, three and outs, that doesn't even make sense anymore. Everybody in this league is, is going to get a first down on those first three plays. It's so rare to see the three and outs. And the Giants, it, it's like if you look at the box score afterwards, it's about half the drives. They've got to consistently start moving the football. I think having an offense, again, more more uh, conducive to being in 2022 is going to make a lot of sense. Okay. I think as far as the defense is concerned, a lot of it is going to, is going to play into what the offense does. 
we've seen some decent giant defenses the last couple of seasons. The better, the better unit of the two. Inevitably, they get exposed in these games when the Giants, you know, hold the football for 23 minutes of a game uh, and the defense spends 36 out on the field. It, it's just you're, you're I, I need to see a balanced football team. I need to see a team. You know, the special teams last year for the Giants was really good. Uh, and, and Graham Gano is a great kicker. So there's a couple questions on defense. But for the most part, that looks like a unit that that's going to be able to start winning football games in the future. Can this offense look competent? Can Daniel Jones lead this offense? Can they can they stay on the football field? If they could get out at least to midfield or beyond on most of their drives, it will make a world of difference for this team and for the results. But to me, it really it, it all matters whether or not this because I like that they like Dable, but they liked Judge, and they liked McAdoo, and they like Shermer. You know, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say nice they like guys. Judge. I wouldn't say they like Judge. I would say certain players like Judge. Not everyone really bought into Judge because a lot of people weren't fans of his tactics, the running on mess up plays. They treated them almost like high school kids. There were a lot of people who, in the locker room, didn't come up front saying it, but they didn't like Joe Judge. And we heard that through the years of Joe Judge being there, the whispers of players not liking him and these players didn't want to come out, but they, and then he had to go out and answer in front of the camera that all the guys like him. There was issues there within there, but it just never really came out. I don't think a ton of people bought into Joe judge or like Joe judge, but I think they were okay with him as a person. If you get what I mean, I don't yeah. think they liked him as a coach, but I thought that, you know, they might've liked him as a, as a guy. I don't think they personally liked him as a coach. I'll be honest, all all the running and treating them like a high school football team, which is very much what I think was going on there. I think A is indicative of a guy who had no real coaching experience. Yeah. You know, you you would coach like a high school coach if you didn't know any better. That seems like the right thing to do, kind of, you know. Uh I, I, again, I don't like that, but my, my, my fear is, and I'm, listen, I know Brian, everybody loves Brian Dable, but it kind of was the same thing with these other guys. How do we know this is the right guy? And, and I say that because, you know, the giants have won championships with two coaches, Parcells and Coughlin. Mm -hmm. And those guys were, as it turned out on a whole other level. Uh, when as, as far as coaches are concerned, you don't just become Bill Parcells. But those two guys also, the things they had in common, they held players accountable. That's what Dable has to be able to do. He has to be able to go out there and look in front of the cameras after a loss and go, look, quarterback's got to play better. Running back's got to run harder. You got to start putting people on the spot. Honestly, these guys are getting paid way too much money to be going out there and not looking like they know how to play football. If you coach them up and he knows it. He needs to go out there and say, it. if it's on his end, then he has to go out there and own it. I'm not with throwing anyone under the bus, but holding someone accountable is completely different than throwing someone under the bus. They have to know the difference. Throwing someone under the bus is like, hey, could have won the game if we didn't have Daniel Jones. But saying, hey, look, the quarterback needs to go out there and play better. We're going to work on it and get better next week. That helps you out. I think they need to be able to hold them accountable. Throwing somebody under the bus, by the way, just for clarification, is when uh, Brian Flores tells Tua Tagovailoa, I wish we would have drafted Mac Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the Brian Flores situation is a mess. We're not even, that's yeah, I don't want to deep dive into that anymore. But, <laughs> but uh, still to come, we've got our goaded segment. We're going to talk about sports villains. But coming up next, we're going to talk about Zay's favorite player, Deshaun Watson and his oh, Cleveland God. Browns. That's next on Joe About the G-Men. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. 
Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. All right, we are back. Thank you so much for joining us again, Joe Aguirre and King Zay. The NFL uh, gave Deshaun Watson a six-game suspension for violating no, the league's no, conduct no. policy. I don't even want to – we're not even going to get into that whole part of it. No, they didn't. The judge did. The Based arbitrator did. That is the correct. The terms they agreed to. Yeah. I just want to start off there. <laughs> No, that's fair. Now, listen, I don't even want to make this about Deshaun and yeah. and what Deshaun Watson did because it was awful. I think we can both agree. And he's definitely one of the creepiest people on the planet. And as you have said, was not criminally charged. So he's a disgusting perv, but he's not a criminal. Yes, he's just a creepy guy. He's a guy now that's, Yeah. If you if you see him in your daughter's DMs, you're gonna want to nip that in the bud, is what I'm saying. Again, uh, look, it, those are very true. Those are very touchy situations, and look, America has to readjust as a country because they're just. He's going off the premise of these girls being only fan models. So again, the fact that anyone can just do this now and just sell their body, it it makes everything ten times worse. Look, I'm. I don't agree with anything Deshaun Watson did. I don't ever want to sound like that. And 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 for, I just want to make this clear. I'm so over the situation. It's it's becoming it's on my list for like the Will Smith situation of things I never want to hear about after a couple of weeks. I don't want to hear about this anymore. Maybe the Will Smith situation and the Britney Griner situation, you could just throw those all in the Deshaun Watson. Just throw those in the bin of the situation I don't want to hear after this year. Um but again, this is a process that's gonna continue. Obviously, now he's going to sue the NFL back. They're going to go back and forth. Will he play? Will he not play? None of us know. Some are saying he could play week one because if they go through the process, it negates his last suspension. And I don't know what's going on. I don't think any of us know. And, again, it's so hard to judge the situation because we don't know the details. Again, I come from a state where my governor was removed for sexual misconduct because he told someone she looks nice in a dress. And I, and he's a single man, I guess. And I, I thought you could do that in America, but apparently you can't. So I don't know. This is why I say we need a lot. I want to see the details. I want to see detailed what was done. And I think that would help people make a better determination. But a lot of, you know, a lot of what's going on is be based off of public backlash because public doesn't know what's going on. So the public backlash is making the NFL now feel like they have to respond. And again, it's going, no, it's not going to be a win-win. It's a lose-lose for the NFL. I'm just being this honest. Is, yeah, this is a it's terrible a look for the NFL. First of all, the NFL should have handled this on their own. Correct. Uh, and 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 if you weren't going to handle it on your own, what you needed to do was just accept what was done. Like you put Sue Robinson in charge. She said this, and that's it. That should be the entire process. Why this continues to drag on. Why, And this is another thing that kills me. Why the NFL continues to go after players. Big time players. Dude, the, the way, I mean, Roger Goodell had a hard on for Tom Brady. He wanted to, to, to somehow, some way stick it all to Tom Brady. That's a weird thing to do with your star players. I, I don't understand that. This could have been handled in a much more private way where the league could have been disciplining him. And, and listen, at the end of the day, the biggest thing the NFL is looking for, in addition to extending the, the suspension for a year and, and, and um, fining him, which they feel uh, should have been done as well, they want this guy to go get some help. They want him to go seek some treatment for... I mean, because that that is a weird thing that he did. It's a you said it to me the other day, and you're right. It's very creepy. It's just and and my listen. You hold on. You brought up Darren Sharper, and here's what I would say to that. Listen, I don't think Darren Sharper went right to raping people. I think there's probably a generally speaking with with people who are sociopathic. They kill animals as kids, and they set fires, and 
it's a slow progression. I'm not saying any of this about Deshaun Watson. I'm just saying his behavior for a guy who you're giving $230 million and his extreme poor judgment in the people he contacted would give me pause as someone who gave him 230 make my franchise great. I don't know if that guy's all there mentally to do that. Again, they play a sport where, again, there's a ton of head trauma. We know this. We know what happens to players after they play. They commit suicide. These these bad judgment calls they make after, you know, life after sports. So it's always a slow progression during the season. Look at Antonio Brown. He can barely even talk now. I, I hear him talking in interviews, and he doesn't sound like he used to sound when he was first in the league. He slurs some of his words. He doesn't sound all together sometimes. And again, you see this over Aaron Hernandez. I think he might have been a bad guy, but playing a sport like football, you add in all the head trauma and all that other stuff, that the drugs, the drinking and all that, it adds only to it. There's a big problem going on. And the problem, again, with sports is, and I hate to say, these athletes are paid way too much. And this is, I, I, I feel like it should have been capped a long time ago where they make a certain amount, but they're getting, again, the fact that he will only lose a little bit and still make the majority of his $230 million guaranteed, you know, that's ridiculous that he's only probably going to lose a million this year and still make all that money. Knowing it's like, it's like you're killing some, you're making somebody worse in the head, but you just keep paying them money, keep paying them money, keep making them a worse and worse person. But hey, here's money, here's money. Yeah, again, my biggest problem again with the NFL is, when are they ever going to go after the league? You got the guy in Washington who's always – he's done worse than Deshaun Watson from what I'm hearing with the, the naked pitches of cheerleaders that he made them take and all types of exposing of vulnerability, and we have heard nothing from that case. And then you got John Gruden ready to sue the NFL. He's about to leak all types of issues. It's about to get wild from what I hear. We're going to find out that owners are maybe more racist and dirtier than we we already know this. We've heard comments. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Here's I'm going to tell you something right now. Do you remember when Oprah last year uh, interviewed Meghan Merkel and whichever idiot she's married to, whichever the Queen's sons? And yeah, sure. and yeah, and and so and Meghan Merkel was like the the she was like the Queen's racist, and Oprah was like, no, the Queen, and it's like, dude, come on. If I find out that 31 of the owners have said racist things in emails back and forth, this will be my surprised face. It's not going to happen. Um, I, I'll tell you right now, you and I were talking about this the other day, the Donald Sterling thing with the with the, uh, with the the NBA. He was the owner of the L.A. Clippers. See, he's, he didn't own the Lakers. He owned the Clippers. And the Clippers were terrible when Donald Sterling owned them. And they weren't terrible. They weren't terrible. They were pretty bad. They were pretty bad. And when, he was been, when he was going out, they were pretty good. I'll say that. They, they were, were good. They were they starting were, to get good. They were becoming relevant for the first time in a long time. Let's yes. say that. Yes. They, they didn't need that guy there, and they didn't need the embarrassment for the league that came with having a guy like that and with all of the things that he said. But again, if that had been the Lakers owner or the Knicks owner oh, yeah. or the Mavericks owner, it would have been handled very differently. The fact that Bob Kraft, the fact that, um, I, now I'm totally blanking on his name. The Saints uh, owner, uh, that dirty birdie, uh, Dan commander's owner, the commander's what, owner. Please. What did I just say? Please, did don't, I do get, it? please don't get a censored. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dan, Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder right? yeah, Is that know. his name? Dan Snyder. Yes, Dan yeah. Snyder. Um, yeah, listen, uh, that guy's a pretty powerful guy. He's a very influential guy in the league, and, and he has been. If this was the Eagles owner we were talking about, they would have run the guy out of the league. You don't even know that guy. I don't either. And that's the difference here. This comes down to the people that get away with stuff. And this is the argument you and I were having in our chat the other day. Star players, star owners, never going to get in trouble. They're never going to be held accountable because they're they're too valuable to the organization. And by organization, I mean the league in itself uh, and players. I mean, listen, Deshaun Watson's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. 
from an athletic standpoint, not necessarily from a, a QB standpoint. And I thought all those lists that came out a couple weeks ago with him in the top 10 were nonsense. All that aside. Well, I wouldn't say that. Based on what he did in, te- in Tennessee, he wasn't a bad quarterback. He was obviously a top 10 quarterback his last year playing, but he had nothing around him. He was right. still he – he had nothing. Come on. They traded away his best weapon, you know, to Arizona for nothing. That's why the man wanted to trade. This is how we got here today. Well, all that's what we assume. All this- That's what we assume. No, no, I you know think I can't assume when I see the Texans covering, getting sued by the women. For sure. And this is what I'm saying. You, he wanted to trade, and maybe the Texans leaked this out on purpose, thinking it wouldn't come back to them, thinking they would never had to pay the women because the women knew that the Texans were enabling this the whole time. It Can I tell you what I think? He wanted to trade. I'm just saying this is, this is pure speculation. I think Deshaun Watson specifically forced a trade to Cleveland because he knew that the National Massage Federation, this is no joke. Do do people know this? Literally, there's a big National Massage Convention happening in Cleveland. That's where they chose to have it. I'm sure it was planned way before this, but yeah, that's happening. The irony there is amazing. Not just in Cleveland, but right across the street from Cleveland Browns. <laughs> you want to talk about entrapment? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, again, the audacity of the world. But again, I feel as though none of this comes about if you have an actual trade. Because again, the te- the, we know now the Texans knew too much. The Cleveland Texans knew too much. He wanted a trade, and the Cleveland Texans said, all right, cool. We got you. And this is how this all, this is how we literally all got here today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, a hundred percent, the Texans knew what was happening. Agreed. And we know this for a fact because they started sending uh, the security guy out with them to have these ladies sign NDAs. It, it, you, you can't be any more complicit. In, in making that happen than when you're setting the chief of security just to make sure that Sean's getting signatures on the dotted line just to CYA. And, yeah, again, dude, that's going to always blow up in, in your face. You, 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 can't, you can't do that kind of stuff. All right. I'm sorry. I don't even mean to get do, – do you see, despite this guy missing maybe a minimum six games, maybe he ends up missing more, but right now it's looking at six. Do you think the Browns are a playoff contender? <sighs> I don't know. I, it's it's tough. The AFC is packed. There's a ton of teams and a ton of divisions that can fill up spots, and if you don't win your division, and your division is going to be a monster. I mean, the Ravens look good. Uh, uh, <laughs> You know, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, oh, my God. Jesus. What? Lamar Jackson. He said he, he's put on about two – he put on muscle. He's put on about, like, they said 30 pounds of muscle. The boy's gotten bigger. He's still fast. Indian got weapons now. Hollywood Brown had a ton of drops that we didn't see until, obviously, he got traded to Arizona. There was a whole highlight reel of him dropping balls now. But, obviously, again, Odell's father must be working somewhere. But uh, <laughs> no, but seriously, he, he, he that's going to be a tough division to win. I think. Um, obviously, the Steelers still have a great defense. You're going to have to win your division to get in. The AFC West is stacked with teams where you think I think all four teams could find a playoff spot. That's how good it is. Uh, AFC South's got teams. The AFC North. I mean, there are a ton of teams. The Colts got better. You added, you know. You added a quarterback now, and, and um, oh my God, Jesus, so early. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Look, by week one, I'll have everybody's names back. It's been a long <laughs> Listen, it's, the carousel that has been the NFL the last couple of off seasons, boy, it is definitely hard to because it's constant. It's constant, especially with the QBs. Uh, this this league, they're they the the chain for quarterbacks getting shorter and shorter. Look, it, the free agency has gotten ridiculous over the years. Players are now just going wherever they want, choosing wherever they want, forcing wherever they go. It's hard to even keep up with some of these. I don't know where Jimmy G is going to be in a couple of weeks. I hope he's still in San Fran. I hope because obviously from what I'm hearing, Trey Lance got dead arm. He can throw. 
every couple of days. I don't know if that's going to mix well if you got two games in a week. I don't know how that's going to go for them. I think keeping Jimmy G would probably be a better option for them, but, you know, they're ready to rush out these young kids. And, again, I hate that they do this to these kids now based on Patrick Mahomes' success. Not everyone's Patrick Mahomes, and I, I need the league to understand that. And I feel sorry for Justin Fields, too, another one who's being thrown into the fire again. These kids are not – they're not Patrick Mahomes. They're not Josh Allen. Even Josh Allen took a couple of years to turn it around and get going, you know. Maybe you have someone who's a Tannehill who maybe takes – more than five years and then oh okay now it's starting to click in a difference you know you can't just put these kids in the fire and want them to be Pat Mahomes I feel bad for them but again the like you said the carousel the movement of players has been ridiculous over the years I'm hoping I do well in fantasy I, I'm like I find everybody is <laughs> right yeah, now seriously <laughs> right like no joke man you know you're talking about a league of 32 teams with 53 man rosters this isn't trying to remember you know, a 12-man NBA roster or, yes, yeah. or a 26-man baseball roster. That's a lot of people to remember, and there's more teams. And so. there's big names moving, too. Yeah. Look at Miami. I'm supposed to remember Tyreek Hills in Miami now. Imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> Again, moves we didn't see in the offseason coming. This is the NFL now. All right. Um, we have one last bit we're going to do here. It's our goaded section and the topic is sports villains. We will hit that right after one last quick message. Hi everyone. I'm Owen Muniz, host of the all four downs podcast. Football season is near and we have the podcast for you. Subscribe and follow the YouTube channel for insights on picks, sports betting on all NFL college football and the upcoming XFL games. Presented by Clovercrest Media. All right, we are back. Uh, make sure you check out that show, All Four Downs. It's very good. We do college football. When the XFL comes back, we'll be doing that as is. well. We need, we need a Notre Dame analyst. You know, the yeah. big team without a real conference, they needed someone to keep up with them. <laughs> well, you're certainly welcome to join us, and we would love that. All right, listen, let's talk goats. Let's talk about the biggest goat villains in sports. Who do you think is, and and listen, we're going to make this kind of a two-parter. Number one, on-field performance. Who is the biggest sports villain on the field and then off the field? Or you're welcome if you'd like to do both. Now, here's the thing. What sport are we talking about? Because I'm a tormented soul. I am so a listen, I'm it could be <laughs> this is one of Jace's questions. There it doesn't specify a sport or a century, so you got free reign here. I'm um, thinking if we're talking football, I'm thinking someone like Andonic and Sue, a dirty know, player, a biter, a guy who's stomped on people, see, known, known for is playing it, a little dirty. Is it a villain to you or a villain in general? A villain a, in general. Okay, because I was like, is it a villain in, for me? Because I, I, how much time do we got? Because I'm a Nick Mets and Giants fan. We can do this all day. <laughs> I can start listening to players like Reggie Miller, who tormented my Knicks for years. Yes, he's, sir. He's still, I still hate that guy. Oh, bro. It's an eye roller. Kobe Bryant, another villain of sports. We can do this. All, I'm telling you now, we can do this all day if we wanted to. But uh, for me... I got two. Um, I want to say Deshaun Jackson. And I only say Deshaun Jackson not because he really – because of one highlight that will live forever in sports. Does and it that start with be, Matt Dodge trying huh. to punt the ball out of bounds for crying out loud? Yes, that play. That lives in Giants infamy forever. It even tops the Herm Edwards. I don't even hear him. I mean, like, it, it's <laughs> – it's, uh, oh my God, I, I, I'm telling you, I, I literally watched, and I'm not, I hate to divert from this, I literally watched uh, sport, uh, NFL Access, and they had Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick together, and they were comparing their plays, and somehow, some way, they found a way to slip that goddamn play in there. Yeah, it had nothing yeah. to do with Michael Vick or Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Neither one play. of you was there. Now, by the way, my, my for anybody, 
<laughs> for anybody who doesn't know, the the first miracle at the Meadowlands, uh, as you alluded to, which was, um, I believe, quarterback Scott Brenner, I think was the quarterback at the time, uh, going to hand off what would have been a game-sealing stop. All the Giants had to do was run out the clock. Uh, instead, the ball was fumbled. Herm Edwards picked it up and ran it back for a touchdown, and the Giants lost. Right after that uh, is when they came up with victory formation where you could kneel on the ball. Uh, that literally was inspired by the one of the worst plays in Giants history. And I'll tell you this, eh, that, that Deshaun Jackson play, if by God in heaven it doesn't show up in my feed at least once a week, want to burn it i literally want to burn i want to find tape and burn it so i can it can never be played again i just i'm over it i'm literally yeah. over it. it ain't played everywhere it's literally i think it's the nfl's favorite play i think it must be i feel like sports hate new york teams and anything that happens like that to new york teams they will show forever i, I just i'm just if there was a way to encapsulate the yankees choking in 04 against the red sox like a like a moment that would have captured it, you would see that played on repeat, I'm certain. Look, I, again, I'm on the other side of it. We can go for days. <laughs> you don't want to be on this side of it. Hell, one of my villains now plays for my team. So you can't even argue there. So, but and that's uh, something. Yeah, can't beat him, join him. But uh, yeah. obviously it would have to be Tom Brady number one. I feel like Tom Brady is the Anakin story of the NFL. He went from the chosen one to Darth Vader real fast. And I, th that's really what it comes down to. Is he? I, and I love Tom Brady's first three Super Bowls. I rooted for him. He beat the Eagles. I hate the Eagles. We were on good terms. I loved him. But then he just wouldn't stop. And he still won't stop. And this is why people hate him. He is the the biggest to me probably biggest sports villain of them all because as much as you hate him you hate him because he's super successful and there's very few that have done it like he has the way he has so to me that's the number one sports villain probably of all sports it's unfortunate and you're probably right i'll throw out a couple more names on the all-time sports villain list and they're on this list for obvious reasons, but Ray Carruth, OJ Simpson, Aaron Hernandez. Jesus. Uh, way, yeah. way <laughs> I went a little dark there. <laughs> I've got one more. I've got another all-time villain, and this guy hasn't killed anybody. Um, and is almost starting to turn the tide, which I don't like. But a fellow by the name of Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, he was. No, you know, he's ooh, become, he's become, and I don't like this, Zay, but he's become kind of likable these days. Just not by J-Lo. Not by J-Lo. Nah. Uh, by the way. Kidding. I'm kidding. She'll be back in a couple years. I'm totally You just needed a few years off. You know how that goes. She just needed a few years off. She does bounce around from pretty much the same group of dudes. That is her free agency is ridiculous, but you can't get mad. She gets a ring everywhere she goes. So that she, she does. She delivers. She J Lo is the biggest villain of them all. Well, how did we miss this? I was yeah. gonna say Tiki Barber. I was gonna say Tiki Barber because I think everyone in New York hates Tiki Barber. I don't even know why he's on New York radio. It makes no a sense. A man, a man, listen, it's funny. They defend Woody Allen. The heart wants what the heart wants. Tiki Barber does it. They're like, scumbag. No. It, it, it's not like Tiki what? was also abusing the kids like Woody was doing. Jesus. It's just the way he quit. He quit on New York. He, he just, you know, it was just a couple of years. He said, hey, I'm out of here. I made enough yep. money off you suckers. I'm good. <laughs> it's what it felt like. We're never going to win with this piece of slob. I'm out of here. Very much it's that. That's literally what it felt like. And again, I don't know why he's on New York radio. Someone's I agree. Yeah. All right. That is going to do it for this week's jog about the G-Men. Again, the New York Giants squaring off Thursday night, 7 o'clock with the New England Patriots. We'll be back next Sunday to recap that. We'll take a look all around the league and give you our goaded. Uh, another, I hope, interesting topic. Those guys certainly missed out on this one. We, I think we handed all the, the villainous goats. Yeah, we're sure. We got five, Sean. 
Let's go put yeah. him on a milk carton. I um I saw an MMA fight last night, and the guy looked just like Sean Scanlon, and I thought, oh, maybe Sean's moved on to a career in mixed martial arts, but it wasn't him. That's a tough sport. If anyone's if anyone's seen Sean Scanlon, send him back this way. We're looking for him. I'm just playing. All right. That's going to do it for us. Uh, King Zay. I'm Joe McGuire. Make sure you check us out. Clovercrestmedia.com backslash John about the G man. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and the Instagram uh, by searching John about the G man. That's it for this week. We'll be back next week. Thanks for watching John about the G man. Sanderson looking in, over a pass, he's looking for King, and it's something, he's going to go down the right side, Lawrence down to the 20, 30, down to the 40, he might go all the way. Third down and seven, good jump off the line by Strahan, who gets the sack. Pressure from Thomas off the edge, Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Four-man rush. Eli throwing into traffic on the side. Run in a rule to catch by Manning. We can expect another wet summer in Connecticut, and that means more mosquitoes than ever. If you don't have your home service for mosquito control and you find you're spending most of your outside time swatting those little pests, or you did have your yard sprayed but you still have bites all over your body, you're in luck. Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut provides the best value in mosquito control services because of how they treat your yard using the Mosquito Shield tailored treatment system. All mosquito control service is not the same. They don't use a fixed schedule or an identical product, one-size-fits-all service program. You can't control mosquitoes on a set number of sprays or visits. Unlike the competition, Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut will service you for the season whatever it takes to provide superior results. The promise is awarded them an industry-leading customer retention rating of 90%. Visit MosquitoShieldCNCT.com to schedule an appointment with Wade DeCesare and enjoy the rest of the summer mosquito-free.